<laughs> okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Before we begin, the Uluru Statement from the Heart calls for, among other things, truth-telling. In the spirit of this, Charlotte and I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. We live, dance, and podcast from Woodjuk Budja here in Perth, and we want to encourage you to go and learn about the land you are on. Well said. Well, thank you. Yeah. I probably said the same thing last week. Probably, but close. <laughs> that was pretty close. All right, let's do a podcast. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> I hear the Charlotte now. It's good. Uh, thank you to Lachi Swing for that little soundbite, by the way. Um, welcome to Untangling the Mess Around and with Charlotte and Jethro, where we would discuss many things not swing, something swing, and we just argue the whole time. It's great. We try our best. We do try our best. To argue, um, I mean. To argue, yeah. It doesn't take much effort, to be honest. <laughs> yes, it does. You have to be in the same room as each other. It's like that, um, uh, what's it, flying, no. Uh, full Mon- Monty. No. Monty Python? Monty Python, that's the one. Oh. <laughs> Monty Python. Full, Mon- full Monty. <laughs> Hey, one of the words was in there. Um, but yes, yes this week's sketch, um, yes. this week's topic is a sustainable swing. Yeah. Before we get into that, though, uh, I want to let everyone know that today is not our regular recording day. No, we're doing something a bit different this week. We're pre-recording a thing. This is Wednesday because Charlotte's leaving us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not forever, um, but I'm I'm going away. And I will be away when we usually record this. So, so you're going to hear a section or two where it'll just be me because Charlotte, because I'll be recording some sections on Sunday. So we actually have a full week of news and stuff to report on. Yeah. Um, I've, I've made the suggestion of Jethro just having a sock puppet. Because that works really well for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I've, you know, you can live stream. <laughs> that was my whole thing. You could live stream. You could put a head, head scarf on a, pop, on a sock. <laughs> I think it would be great. Uh, Uh, too much effort too much effort (laughs) if someone does it for me you can have a guest (laughs) anyway so yeah it might be a little bit odd sorry about that but that's just the the way it rolls when Charlotte leaves yeah pretty much it's all my fault we can do a few things though Mm. Uh, like the quiz yes so for example the quiz the quiz question from last week was where do victory rolls the very quintessential 1940s hairstyle for women now now my oh wait yeah yeah where does that name come from and my guess I think I'm spot on but I'm pretty sure it's Queen Victoria (laughs) you are spot not on damn it (laughs) Because I've sworn that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Queen Victoria. She, she was famous for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also famous for the 1940s, she was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we did have one guess uh, from... Well, we might have had more by now. Oh, no, that's true. So at the time of this recording, <laughs> there is one guess. Yeah. Um, which was... Andrew, I adore you, but it was a bit too broad for me to give it to you. <laughs> um, so he guessed it had something to do with World War II, which, correct, 1940s, it did. Um, the responses, so I, was, I would have accepted one of two theories, because there's two predominant theories. One of which is it had to do with the um, the aviation aerobatics that the planes did of, like, turning around, like the oh, whole tunneling thing. really? Yeah, and that's where the curl of the, the hair symbolized etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh-huh. so that's one theory wait so it's not to do with the name of it it's just where it came from wait that so that's theory two the victory has to do with vict- with theory two right okay this is <clears throat> okay yeah sure 
Keep going. Um, and the other one had to do with obviously the the Allies' victory over Germany. Um, and if you have a victory roll on, done on each side of your head, it actually creates a V, like uh, in in your hairstyle. Okay, and that's where the name came from. There. Right. Okay. As in like V Day, Victory Day, yeah. Victory Roll. Yeah. Okay. So the roll of the plane, the victory roll of the plane, is that they would do. Okay. Fair enough. That was not my answer. My answer that I thought was with the actual aesthetic of it. The um, it makes a V. Makes a V. That's the yeah. one that I had heard, and that's the one that I thought was. I didn't. I wasn't aware of the the other theory, but because it is up there, I, I would accept it. Yeah, I guess. I, guess. I mean, if, if people have guessed if, if posed that as a theory, yeah. then yeah, sure, we've got to accept that as a possible answer. We went there. We don't know. No, nope. I just assumed it looks good. Like it's just like a braid. Where did a braid come from? It's just because it's a good way to keep Horses. it tight. <laughs> Hair tidy. Uh, anyway, that's, that, um, that's yeah. The so quiz. hopefully by the time there'll be someone who has that answer. If, if not, not, no one got the free class. Suckers. Bye-bye. Wait till the end of the podcast. Suckers. You're so supportive. It's great. <laughs> Wait till the end of this podcast to get a quiz. Another quiz questions for this podcast. Maybe you can get a free class this week. Yeah. Only if you guess your answer though. You can actually have a guess to try on. Yeah, you can't just Google stuff. All right. Huh. Uh, news of the week. Uh, sorry. Yeah. What's your- good news of the week <laughs> go on Charlotte what's your good news of the week alright my good news of the week is um, I'm away <laughs> so at the time that you will be listening to this I will be in Margaret River and I'll be elbow deep in wine <laughs> and it'll be great if they listen to it on Monday next week correct because if they listen to it like in a year's time you're still going to be elbow deep in wine well who knows <laughs> I could be. <laughs> um, but I had that and also the fact that I get to teach with you a lot this week. That's good news for me. I'm oh, like, yeah, true. Yeah, I Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Pretty Thursday. much every day. Mm-hmm. You can tell. <laughs> so I love how it's my good news. And Jeff was like, just mm-hmm. two more days, man. Just, just two more days. Just hang in there. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. That, that's, that's, that's lovely news of the week. Thank you, Charlotte. You're welcome. Uh, my good news of the week has nothing to do with Charlotte. Yay! Because otherwise it'd be like, Charlotte's leaving! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with that. No, my good news is that the fact we're finally getting a chance to do this podcast. As in, like, this topic. Oh, yay! Okay, I was like, we do this podcast every week. What are you talking about? No, 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 this topic. This whole, yeah. like, sustainability thing. I, I'm just excited about doing this, this topic. Cool. And, and, you know, we still managed to fit it in just into Plastic Free July, so... Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm quite stoked with that. All right. The, for the next segments, uh, Swings and News and World of Swing, uh, we're going to have to cut to Jethro in the future. Future Jethro. Uh, thanks, past Jethro and Charlotte, I guess. Uh, this is future Jethro. This is uh, me talking on Sunday now. Um, so it's been a whole week. So I can now give you some uh, swingsing news. Uh, things happened last week. We had obviously cl- our online classes on Monday, Bayswater Tuesday classes, Mount Hawthorne Thursday classes. We've actually started trying a thing where our beginners classes, all three nights have won a beginners class. And we did the same class plan for all three classes. So there was a Charleston class, which had kick-ups, a kick-turn, and Johnny's drop. Um, but every time we taught it, it got better and better. So by Thursday night, we smashed it. But on Monday night, that the first time we teach that class was a little bit uh, clunky, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's just a, a thought for you. If you do want to come to multiple uh, beginner classes, we're doing the same thing. Well, we try doing the same thing. Anyway, 
that's not here or there. Let's keep moving on. Uh, Charlotte's not here to fill the gaps. So this is really awkward for me. <laughs> I need someone to be laughing and filling in the gaps. This is really weird. Uh, <laughs> so that was the classes last week. Uh, actually, the other thing that happened last week uh, was I finally got round to filming the killer boogie routine with the slowed down music and then full speed music. Uh, this is a project that I've been doing for all the routines that we've been doing, just so people have a copy of this music, of their just just the music. And I ended up just being a bit silly about it and dancing in sparkly shoes so that there was something on the YouTube clip, but I mainly just upload them for the slowed down versions of the songs. And then I collated them all. They're all up on the swingzing.com page. So if you head there and go to the solo jazz routines link under resources, or you can just go swingzing.com slash solo jazz routines, uh, you will find a page that's literally got every single routine that we've taught. So that's the three main ones, Shim Sham, Tranky Doo, Big Apple. Uh, the last ones we've taught the one man dance, which is that beginner's tap routine and also the killer boogie. So all five routines are on this page. The original videos are there. The um, choreography notated, like I've written out all the steps for them all. They've got the breakdown videos. They've got the videos of the songs all on the one page. So you don't have to click through to find, you know, okay, here's the song and then there's a the choreography and that's it slowed down. You literally have the one page, you can scroll through it all and just find the information that you need without having to click through to multiple things. So that's all up and done now for the Killer Boogie. It is now on that page. So if you want to go practice your Killer Boogie, go and do that because we are doing that for our mini performance ball. So things coming up. The biggest news is that this week we are starting our training for our mini performance ball. 30th of August is when that is happening. It's going to be an afternoon tea style event. It's 3pm on a Sunday afternoon. We usually kind of teach every single class a routine that gets to perform at the ball. But because this is a bit different, we're not doing that format anymore. Our classes are pretty much all going to be the same. So if you want to perform at our mini performance ball, you can do the killer boogie. We are going to do the killer boogie and everyone's welcome to jump in for that. This is going to be a flash mob style. So make sure you practice the killer boogie. Jump onto that website, like we said, and practice the routine. So that by the 30th of August, you can jump up and do it at full speed with everyone else. And, you know, be epic like everyone else because it's such a fast song. And we just need to train to get those legs moving fast. Uh, the other way you can perform is if you come to our Thursday night class at 6.30, our specialty class is going to be a Lindyop routine. I got a few questions about what level it's going to be at, and I'm aiming it at a level two. Uh, I haven't heard of any beginners that are that keen or interested. Usually they're pretty terrified of that kind of thing, which is fair enough. Uh, no pressure to them. So it's probably going to be about a level two routine. Rhythm Rights also performing, but... The big news, the big announcement is we've found out another place where we can uh, do a routine. We're actually going to teach a Lindy Hop slash ISO Hop routine. So if you haven't heard of ISO Hop, that was that isolation Lindy Hop we were teaching on our Zoom classes. So our Monday night class, there's two lessons. There's a 6.30 class and a 7.30 class. The 6.30 class will probably stay the same. That'll probably still be just like a beginner class. But our 7.30 class is now going to be some sort of routine. And the idea is is what we want to do is have all our interstate and international dancers. So that's you, Tasha and uh, Nathan and Cassie and Cloudy and Vanessa and Chucky, all of you crew. We would love you to perform at a mini performance ball. We know you can't get there, 
but if we just film it on Zoom, I will edit it all together to make it all in sync. And then we can just put, get a projector out and play it all on the night and you guys can be part of our performance ball. So that's the plan. We're teaching a routine. Oh, sorry, Andy and Ruth. Andy and Ruth, how did I forget you two? Um, I know they're in WA, but they may not be able to make it to the ball. So if any of you guys want to perform and you can't get here, or if you want to perform and you could be there and you want to do an extra project, jump online on Mondays at 7.30 for that choreography. And then we'll have to somehow, we'll, we'll solidify some dates when you have to film it and how you're going to do it and send it on to me type thing. But the idea is that then we'll play that at the mini performance ball. So everyone's involved. So yay, keep everyone involved. Even if you're still in lockdown, sorry, Victoria, or if you're international and can't quite get here for the event. So yeah, that's our big news. Uh, World of Swing news. I've actually just heard a couple of things from uh, Laura and Jeremy. So these two are amazing Balboa dancers. They just released a um, mentorship program. And I also just got word from Bal Geek Out that they're teaming up and doing a Balboa Geek In. So Bal Geek In is going to be for like reserved places. You're going to have to audition to get in just like Bal Geek Out. But rather than being, obviously, we all go to one place, one big mansion to geek out for uh, a weekend, it's going to be from the comfort of your own home. So they don't have to fly in Jeremy and Laura, but they're going to be there for the entire weekend helping them out. So I just saw an email come through from Bell Geek Out literally just today. So that's brand spanking news for you guys. If you are keen on doing some Balboa, it's a great way to develop that. And that's kind of the news from the week. So uh, take it away, Jethro and Charlotte. Anyways, echo chamber shoutouts? No? Is that where we're at now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, echo chamber shoutouts. That's where we are now. Charlotte's back. Hey, welcome me back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to me. <laughs> I'm welcome. Um, my shoutout this week, and I come. I, I was thinking, of, I was looking through it yesterday on Instagram, um, and I was like, why haven't I just not shouted her out before? But um, Mona, Ramona Staffield. Um, oh, yeah. I looked through a lot of her stuff on uh, Instagram. She posts quite a lot of Actually, stuff. I'm not sure if I'm following her yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shame on you. <laughs> what? You think I have to just follow everyone on Instagram? Yes. Is that not how it works? <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. Um, no, I just I figured you would have. Yeah. Um, no, she she posts a lot of stuff of her just like practicing different rhythms and stuff like that, and she's quite a lovely human. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so her <clears throat> Instagram is at Mona Sunshine, so you should check her out. She does really cool stuff. Sweet Mona yeah. Sunshine on Instas. Yeah. All right, that's our echo echo chamber echo chamber echo echo echo. Oh, we need to please we need to do a sample. Yeah, we need we need to do a bit of intro for that. Okay, I think it's on to the topic. Yay, topics. So, swing and sustainability. Are they compatible? I don't know. Sure, we probably should flesh out a few ideas. Yeah. Oh, I just go straight to the answer. We can have a guess now. My guess is probably not. <laughs> Hopefully, yes, but probably not. Uh, okay, so... Anything fun is sustainable. <laughs> anything fun is not sustainable. No, there's a few things. Anyway, um, so the first section that I wanted to go over was actually kind of more directed at event organizers. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people listening don't actually organize events, but you probably do go to events. Mm. And most events that we go to, they often have like this bit of a questionnaire thing at the end. Yeah. It's like, what can we do to improve? I want everyone to start adding this to their questionnaires. Yay! Please, whenever you like have a feedback form, 
mention some of these things that we're about to talk about so the event organizer might know about it because i know that not every event organizer is going to listen to this podcast no very few of them probably will to be fair although it could be a good resource for them if you put in the little thing like go listen to untangling the mess around episode 11 yeah and then they can scroll through to this section (laughs) they can scroll through to the section and actually listen to some ideas from another event organizer that has tried to do plastic free events Hmm. so um last year uh our event called a swingsing thing we attempted to have it completely plastic free i was working with um so my partner amy actually works as the wa coordinator of wa plastic free Mm -hmm. which is an organization here that actually goes around to cafes and different different things to try to take out single-use plastic from their everyday kind of running of of that business. Uh, And so we looked at Swingzing and the the Swingzing thing, actual event, to try to work out, okay, where's all the plastic? Where's it all coming from? How can we get rid of it? What are some alternatives? The biggest ones we found were mints, as in breath mints, not not mints pies. Like... (laughs) Yes, because that's where everyone's mind went. <laughs> oh, yeah, those mince pies that you get at the vegetarian swingsing events. Yes, those. <laughs> so, breath mints, uh, duct tape, <laughs> deodorant uh, were the three main things that mm. you know we pretty much have on the door every single like class even. Yeah. And obviously, breath mints are often bought in plastic packaging. Mm. Like, there's just no way around it. There are Eclipse mints that do come in the metal tins. tins. Yeah. Um, so we're like, okay, that is an alternative. There's no... Mm, but it does come wrapped lined. in... Yeah, it does yeah. come wrapped in plastic, like in a plastic seal, because you have to peel that off. That's true. So <clears> it's still not ideal. There's still plastic involved with them. Uh, we had a look at a few bulk food stores. Mm-hmm. So the Wasteless Pantry. Mm-hmm. Or what's the one in Vic Park? Uh, in Vic Park is uh, Urban and uh, Urban Revolution. That's the one. Um, there's also the one in Bayswater or Maylands rather that is Forge and Fodder. Yes, yeah, yeah. So there are a few around that you just go mm. and pack your like you bring a few jars or you get some jars from the actual shop and then you fill it up yourself. Yeah. And that way you don't actually have any packaging involved at all. Mm. Um, but I haven't found any breath mints in any of these stores I wonder, yet. I don't because I don't eat lollies and things like that, so I've never really gone to look for them. But are there candy stores here like the big bulk oh, ones yeah because you could get mints there like that's mint true. candy i wonder yep that's a good idea <clears throat> i did we did have a quick think of that and tried to but i didn't get enough time to look into that mm. uh so i ended up just making some yeah so making breath mints is possible it's uh, not that hard it's not that hard it takes a little bit of time and a bit more effort but this is the kind of thing where if you're going to go trying to be plastic free it just takes more time Yes. It's not more expensive. It just takes a bit more time and effort. And if you've yeah. got the time and effort to put into it, please, please, please do. And remember, the more time and effort you put into it, the easier it'll become. And then the quicker it'll become because you just get used to You start having all the ingredients just on hand. Yeah, you yeah. You start just knowing your way about how to make it. And then it just becomes part of your routine. So it is possible to make your own breath mints. Mm. Um, yeah. I had a crack at it as well. Yeah. It was fun. Breath I think we had an accidental breath mint invention when... You did. <laughs> Amy, your popcorn breath mints. I was. I made them. They were drying mm. on the tray. I put them in the tray so that it put them on. Put the tray in the oven so they're out of the way. And then, like half an hour later, Amy turned the oven on to get ready for dinner, and so they got cooked. <laughs> but the the way they get made is they end up just like puffing. Yeah, it was cool. It was like uh, what's that chocolate? The one that has like the little puff balls. In oh, it. Like, like arrow. arrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like arrow mints. <laughs> it was um, pretty cool. So it kind of worked. Hmm. Probably won't try it again. No. Mine just ended up all melting into one big bowl because yeah. it was the middle of summer. So lessons learned. Yeah. We think we can do it next time. And so, so yeah, <clears throat> that was our adventure with breath mints. 
Um, you can actually make your own breath mints. Mm. Uh, duct tape. So rather than actually... So most venues will have duct tape on the door for shoes. Yes. People come in with sticky shoes and it's a sticky floor and they put duct tape on the bottom of the shoes and ta-da, they've got fake suede or leather yeah. sold shoes so they can slip and slide and spin and look after <laughs> their knees. So rather than having duct tape on the door, I went down the uh, path of, can I make something <laughs> that's reusable rather than that just disintegrates? Cause and just gets chucked in the bin once you rip them off yeah. your shoes. Um, so I ended up figuring out how to make little socks to go for shoes. Yeah, and they're really cute and they're all multicolored. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been reused ever since. So like I haven't had any break on me yet. Yeah. And so I've made about six or seven pairs and they're still all in use. We still have them at every swings in class. And we use them especially for Balboa is a really good one. Yeah. Um, because people, especially in the fundamentals class, people who are in the development class already sort of have an understanding of the importance of, yeah. of slip and shoes. Um, so they will have a, appropriate shoes. But in the beginning, you might not know. And so people who come in with really sticky shoes, we always hand those out. We're like, hey, these are actually going to be really useful for you and yeah, then because there's so much twisting involved exactly yeah. yeah um the other thing i was thinking about gaffer tape is um <clears throat> the to tape down electrical wires like yeah. with sound sound systems and things like that we often use that as a security measure because you don't want people tripping over yeah. everything um but you've got a solution for that as well yeah so i went to bunnings and got uh it was just a, a i think it was a barbecue mat or a doormat mm. and you can it's it rolls up it's this thin kind of a quite heavy weighted it is still plastic yeah but at least it's reusable yes and so i just it was this giant big like three by three square so i cut it in half or cut it into like strips and i just lay that down yeah and then you have this mat that's lying over all the cables it's still safe there's um, no trip and, hazard anymore mm, you, don't have they, yeah. plastic, you don't have to tear you don't have to tape things down yeah and it's really annoying taking that off at the end of the event mm. as well because it just uh so yeah good find and those now live in your car and we use them for every class yep every class they come out so you know reduce that trip hazard because we still want everyone to be safe we can't of be course. like oh no stop it leave the cables out it'll be fine yeah yeah like my, meanwhile my, my regular <laughs> habit uh but yeah you can just get a mat from Bunnings to put over it. And they even have, because I remember when we I was I used to be an events organizer there are specific um Oh, what are they calling it? It's like this, it is plastic, but again, it's that reusable nature. It's just like a long, hard plastic strip that you sort of tuck the cables in. Oh, yeah, not yet. And then, and then that's it. And then yeah. it just lives there and it, it's, you, you cannot trip over it, even if you tried. Although I'm sure I could. <laughs> Knowing us. Dancing. <laughs> um, so yeah, duct tape, there are alternatives. Uh, and then deodorant. <clears throat> this that's was, a big one. This is a bit of an awkward one because mm. like not only is it plastic, but it's also an aerosol. Like, those cans, they're just so bad in so many different ways. So roll-on's better. It's still single-use plastic, and you can't use roll-on for multiple people. Yeah, that gets so a bit gross, especially in these COVID times. <laughs> it's definitely a big no-no. Um, so we started, we actually attempted to, there is, again, these reuse, uh, sorry, waste-free stores, like um, Wasteless Pantry, do have uh, deodorants that you can just refill your own little tub with. Yeah. So you show up with your own little tin, you put some deodorant in, you pay for the deodorant that you got, and then you leave. Um, but it comes out in this, um, I don't know, what would you say that kind of, it's uh, not like a gel, but it's no, a... No, it's like a, a more like a, a cross between a gel and a cream. Like yeah. it's just this really thick paste, I guess you would paste, say. Paste, yeah. Uh, and so the idea is you take a scoop of that, warm it up in your hands, and then, you know, put that on the areas of your body that might smell. Hmm. It, the only issues are that's a little bit more involved involved mm. and people don't have that as habit like the whole like <clears throat> you've seen aerosol, aerosol can oh yeah tss, 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 
spray yeah. done. Like every teenager boy has done that way too much. <laughs> they know how it works. But when we have those little things, not many people were using them because they didn't actually understand the concept how or how yeah. it worked. We tried having it in the bathrooms and little wee signs saying like, just use this. Um, we had like paddle pops. We had like right, little paddle sticks. paddle sticks. Because we didn't obviously at the same time, we didn't want everyone's hands to be stuck in the paste because yeah. that's kind of gross. Um, so we had these little sticks that people could just scoop a little bit out, put it in their hand and then apply it. Um, but if you're not familiar, like you're saying, with that, <clears throat> I guess that whole way of applying deodorant, it can be a little bit like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is weird. So we tried it. I don't think it got used very much, but I feel like it's something that if you just did it more, people would get used to it and it'd be fine. And I think as well, it, it did start the conversation. Yeah, Which yeah, is exactly. a huge bonus because people would ask like, oh, what is this? How does it work? Blah, blah. And even if they didn't try it then, maybe next time they saw it somewhere, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll give that a crack. Yeah. crack you know? And <clears throat> we should point out that there, there's quite a few different um, brands of those kinds of deodorants. And you do want, most of them are deodorants and not antiperspirants. Um, not so yes, the, you will still sweat. You will still sweat, and that's a naturally bottle. That's a natural bodily function. So don't stress. Um, bring spare shirts. Exactly, bring spare shirts. But also, you your body chemistry is different to everyone around you. So you need to sometimes find the one that works for you. Yeah. And you need to give it a, like a couple of weeks for it to for everything to sync up. Like I know the one that I use is different than the one that Fiona uses, and they, hers works great for her. It does not work for me, and mine works great for me. Yeah. So it just really. If you try one and it doesn't work, don't despair. Just look for another one. Yeah. And if you are still sweating, like, <clears throat> yes, that's, that's that's not the point of the thing. It's no, it's so odorant. you don't smell. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, like you said, like sweating is a natural bodily function. We still have to be considerate. We don't want to be that sweaty mess that people kind of like don't really want to dance with. Yeah. So you do, you know, bring a towel so you can wipe yourself and you change your shirts and you, you, there are other things to do. Rather than but, just having this... Um, ease of or convenience of an aerosol can that's just going to be chucked out there's just and the reality is if you are so like I, I sweat quite a lot <laughs> I like to say that I sweat like a 14 year old boy um, there is no amount of aerosol in the world that will stop me sweating yeah like if you are just someone who is naturally sweaty you are going to sweat regardless of whether it's from an aerosol or from a thing so you might as well choose a, a less uh, a more sustainable option yeah so those were kind of our first three <clears throat> things that we kind of identified. The mints, the duct tape, and the deodorant. They were like, okay, how can we change this? Mm. Uh, throughout the event, we also provided food. We had, uh, we actually had a potluck that year. Yeah, it was really cool. And because it was in July, we had a plastic-free potluck, which meant that everyone that brought food, we asked to not, to use ingredients that involved zero single-use plastic. Yes. And that was that a really good conversation. That message was somewhat lost on some people <laughs> who came with like everything wrapped in um, in glad wrap, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, so close. But <laughs> there were so many conversations, yeah. and so many. It was just an amazing event because everyone had food, which is great. Everyone likes food, yeah. And then everyone had a go at trying to find ingredients that didn't have plastic. Like, where do you get plastic-free cheese? You make it. <laughs> Or there is a shop in Northbridge that I was able to, to yeah. let people know. Or and tofu. Like, I know a shop, uh, again, uh, North Perth that sells mm. tofu. Uh, you just, it just the only way to find out these places where you can get plastic-free ingredients is by talking to people. Yeah. Because as much information as online, it's all very, very broad. If you've got mm. a specific neighborhood, yeah. then it's much easier to talk to people in that neighborhood about where they go for things. Yeah. And also the fact of, like, I've never actually tried to do this once you realize, like, ah, oh, it's actually really hard. It's really hard. Like, for example, cheese. Like, oh, my God, I've never even thought about it. <laughs> you know, where where can I start looking for those solutions? Mm. So, yeah, the also other thing was getting food for teachers. So mm. often would just buy, I don't know, uh, mm. 
I think one event teachers wanted sushi. So you head down to the um, sushi place and you buy sushi and all of a sudden I've got this sushi that's wrapped in plastic and then there's a rubber band around it and then there's a little plastic fish and there's a little <laughs> plastic wasabi thing. I'm like, God damn it. <sighs> So being prepared uh, in it's advance. Plastic in the fish. <laughs> uh, so just being prepared in advance. So rather than having the last minute, like, oh, what do you want for lunch? And then rushing off and getting something, making something the week before, preparing it, having it in the in the freezer. Yeah. Or And I think some of the ownership, owner word. Um, Onus. thank you. Um, comes from the teachers as well. So if you are that person of understanding that, that if that's the way that your event organizer wants to do it, um, then be like, being okay to like oh I like this on this day this on this day this and this day and give them the option and the freedom to be prepared yes you know not just be like all of a sudden I want sushi <laughs> yeah um, <clears throat> so yeah there's a whole bunch of food alternatives out there mm. um, decorations that was a fun one for the event yeah that was <laughs> in so many ways uh, luckily for us like Swingzing owns way too many reams of paper when Sophie sold Swingzing to me are you still using those yeah my god what did she do run office works on the side <laughs> every time she went to office works she'd buy a new ream of colored paper why I don't know she thought she wouldn't have any left and so she'd just get more and more so she hoarded she's, I've still got like 14 reams of paper are you left. serious and all of different colors that's hilarious so what we're able to do with these different bits of color was that's how we actually made our decorations for the the under the sea event yeah and you had like giant whale hanging oh yeah the it was like a four meter whale and we had <laughs> I'd use flour and water to create a glue. Yeah, because you can't use sticky tape, obviously. Yeah. Um, and or, or PVA glue or anything. Yeah. So we used the, uh, you know, homemade glue. And we just stuck bits of paper to these giant cardboard cutouts. So to make this cardboard cutout of a whale blue, we just put A4 paper down the <laughs> entire underside of the whale. And it, it looked dolphins. great. Yeah, it, it totally great. worked. <clears throat> so we were able to do like epic decorations, like giant, huge things. And yeah, zero plastic. Yeah, so that was a big win. That was that's really cool. Because I know decorations often have this whole like single use. Chuck yeah. In the bin. Hey, let's get some balloons. Don't no, get balloons. don't get don't get confetti. <sighs> Every time I see it, sometimes at the cafe people walk. It's like, oh, we've got a birthday, and they start putting confetti down, and I'm like, hard pass. <laughs> um, aside from the food hazard, uh, food safety hazard that it generates in a in a restaurant, um, which is like, I we are right next to a river. Can we please not have tiny bits of plastic that you will then rush onto the floor? <laughs> Yay, glitter and balloons. Don't do it. There's other alternatives out there. Yes. Just because something biodegrades doesn't, doesn't mean yeah. it's good. <laughs> so I'm going to get into that in a little bit later, actually. But yeah. Um, decorations. Be conscious about your decorations. And at the very least, make sure that it's something that's reusable. Yeah. You know, at the very, very least, if for whatever reason there's this thing and it's passive, make sure that you can get like years of use out of it. Make Don't just get something that like, yep, we'll put it up once and then it'll go straight to the bin. Yeah. That's just really... Um, it's just wasteful. It's, it's wasteful, yeah. yeah. It's rude. <laughs> it's rude to the planet. Uh, and then the final thing I had on my list for <laughs> events were t-shirts. Yes. So... Oh, the clothing industry in general. <laughs> yeah, textiles is an odd one. It's one of the biggest polluters out of every industry on the planet. Uh, and yet people don't s seem to be that aware about it. Like it's right up there with transportation as being like mm. as bad or not quite as bad, but a big pollutant of mm. the planet. And a lot mm. of like materials are plastic. Yeah. Like all this artificial stuff, any like cottons or walls and stuff, no, that's not necessarily. But there are a lot of materials that are plastic. Yeah. And it does shed microplastics. Mm. 
not to mention the whole like ethics of slave labor yeah I was listening to a po- not a podcast a thing on uh, RN the other day actually about um, the you know fast fashion and the fact that everyone just seems to be okay with paying two dollars for a shirt there's nothing okay about paying two dollars for a shirt you know like that that the implications of what had to happen to that shirt in order for you to be able to pay two dollars means that many people are not getting paid at all yeah the materials different conversation but just yeah yeah the materials and the labor comes to far more than two dollars for that shirt so there is a cost it may not be to you but there is a cost for that shirt and so we try to do the same thing with our shirts um the first few events that i ran i just kind of whatever screen printing company we were going with we just got the cheapest shirts from them yeah and like yep that works but um yeah recently or since then learnt try to change my behavior and trying to go through earth positive but there are other companies OCC apparel as well Mm -hmm. and all of their stuff is um, sustainably sourced and ethically made Uh, and so hopefully that's uh, avoiding a lot of those pitfalls and it doesn't actually make the shirts that much more expensive it really doesn't surprisingly enough we uh, have managed to keep the price of our t-shirts pretty much on par with other event Mm. t-shirts yeah um there may not be as much of a markup at cost. Yeah, it's at cost. But then at the end of the day, we don't care. No. <laughs> That's kind of the swingsing business but model. But yeah, exactly. That's a bit of more of the business model for swingsing. Uh, so yeah, um, sourcing t-shirts from a mm. better place than just, you know, the easy, like, oh, yeah, that t-shirt will do. Actually and, thinking about it. And having a think about it as well is like, it might be ethically sourced, uh, sorry, sustainably, sustainable and ethical. But then if you're buying it from Germany, you know, and it needs to be shipped here, <laughs> then you've kind of cancelled your ethics out. <laughs> so be mindful about where it's coming from as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, OCC Apparel, I think they're in Brisbane, so it's still not amazing, but yeah. it's, it's better than in Germany. Correct. Cool. All right, so that's, that's kind of it for the events that I could think of. Mm. I've got stuff for individual dancers coming up, but do you have any more points about Swingsing events? Uh, not Swingsing events in particular, but I would say events in general. There's also a lot of stuff that happens with, um, you know, you get your goodie bag when you uh, when you start an yeah. event. And there's just, like, as, as fun as they can be, there's just a lot of crap in there. <laughs> you know, like, stuff that you're like, yeah, but I'm going to throw this away immediately. Yeah. You know, there, there's no reason for it's it's fun for like an hour, but there's no reason to have it. Um, you know, things like flyers as well is something that I has taken me a long time to sort of like, oh, but they're not necessary. <laughs> they, they're not. Yeah. You know, and it, again, it's taken me a while, but I'm I'm on that bandwagon now. Um, so I guess maybe next time you go to an event, try to look at it through green tinted glasses. And, oh, yeah. and that's how I put it. Yeah, and just you know, observe. It doesn't mean you have to tell someone off for it, but just observe it and see. You know, put those in the suggestions, like Jethro was saying, of when there's that feedback form that comes through. Just be like, oh my god, it's amazing, I love you. Um, but also, <laughs> have you thought about this, or is there another way you can do this? And bring your own cups. Keep cups. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Cool. All right. On to individual dances. Um, a lot of that stuff above obviously applies. Yes. So if you have the option of having a breath mint from the door mm-hmm. or you could you know bring your own toothpaste and toothbrush yeah and just brush your teeth like you don't have to be using the door mints because mm. chances are they came from plastic mm. unless you've asked and they no no these are handmade go for it um you can obviously bring your own mints or have your own mouth freshener yep in your own sense same with duct tape same with deodorants 
a lot mm-hmm. of people that I know just carry duct tape on them at all times because it's super useful. Mm. And so now I've just got shoe socks on me at all yeah. times because they're super useful. You make sock puppets. Um, decorations, not really a big deal. No. You don't you, there's not much that. you can do as a participant in, in that regard. Um, but the like we've been talking about before, this whole like... I suppose one thing I want to impart on everyone is that every dollar you spend... Uh, treat it like a vote as in Mm. it's a vote of your support of whatever you're giving the money to so if you're giving a company two dollars that's two votes to continue their practice their practice of of trying to source these really cheap t-shirts and so like the biggest thing for me was shoes whenever when i started dancing i was going to target and buying five dollar shoes everyone's first dance shoes the target shoes Because the, what everyone was wearing, it made me fit in. They disintegrated cheap. after, you know, two months, three months. Yeah. But yeah, they were just We destroyed. all did, I think. Yeah, I used yeah. to have, I used to burn through them. And yeah, not only do they disintegrate really quickly, so you're producing that waste, but also you're supporting Target. You're being like, hey, Target, keep supply, uh, keep, um, keep bringing in these shoes. Mm. Because obviously they're popular because, yeah. So yeah, going from that idea, like I've I've always been brought up super thrifty, as in like something that mum instilled in me pretty young <laughs> was how she did a good job of it. I'll tell you that <laughs> how to <laughs> not spend money. And so recently, in the last few years, I have been spending more money on particular things. Yeah. So our food we do get from Wasteless Pantry. It's more expensive, but we I've got enough disposable income that I can afford it. Yeah. And if I've got enough disposable income... That's saying a lot, people. So do you, probably. Yeah. In <laughs> um, saying that, the shoes that I'm currently wearing, I think, were $20. Okay. So it's still on the cheap side of things. They're still not ethical in any sense of the world. Mm. Someone still suffered to make these shoes, I assume. So that's kind of my goal to myself, is next time I need to go get shoes, actually... It's just doing a bit of research. Yeah. Every All the information is online. Just got to go and find it. Yeah. And when in doubt, you can very often email the company. And if they are something... Well, I'm thinking dance shoes here. Sorry, yeah. I'm thinking specifically dance shoes. Right, okay. Um, not, I don't As know like if you swivels. Can... Well, no, but swivels, um, St. Savoy's, yeah, um, yeah. a lot of the dance shoes that, that I have. Um, I'm not saying I have emailed them, mm. but I'm saying that I might have emailed them for something different and they're very responsive. So it's not like an email target being like, where do you No, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. Because they'll I'm... just give you the blanket response. We're sustainable, blah, 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 blah. Greenwash, greenwash, greenwash. Um, no, so yeah, that's not what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> right, saying okay. specifically, da- because... Even though there's a huge range of dance shoes now available, yeah, it's still a comparatively small portion of society. Yeah, yeah. So it, they're usually dancers as well, and they're mm. like, "Oh, someone's talking to me. I want to engage with you." <laughs> you know, like it's not a big corporation type deal where yeah. you're going to get a blanket response. Um, so, and you know, if you don't get a response, then you don't get a response. But you can try. Yeah. Uh, and also, this whole conscious consumer thing: the every dollar you spend, treat it like a vote extends to clothing as well mm. like do you need five white shirts i feel targeted here jethro i was thinking about my wardrobe okay good because <laughs> i don't obviously like i could yeah. just wash one like if i go to a swing dancing event i'll be dressed up for maybe two nights mm. so i might i mean no i'm gonna go with just having two i can get away with just having two shirts in a night yeah and as long as i get home give that shirt a wash and then hang it up before i go to bed it'll be dry by the next morning yeah so it is possible to have mm. less clothing or uh, you don't need to have a whole bunch of stuff just buy less or if you do need stuff if you do want cheap stuff obviously going second hand yeah 
So that's Pop shopping. being reused. That's good. Yeah, reuse things. And it's cheap. And <laughs> it's, it's great. Cheap. Yeah. Um, and you get some really good uh, vintage aesthetic stuff in, in op shops sometimes. And then what's the other one that Hullabaloo does sometimes? Like clothing swaps? Yeah, clothes swaps. Um, so yeah, I was going to say that as well. That's um, And you don't have to wait for an event for that to happen. But, you know, it, wherever you are, whatever swing dance community that you are part of, um, the chances are... Everyone has clothes they don't need anymore. Exactly. <laughs> or, you know, that don't fit or that they bought and they're like, oh, I thought this looked good, but now I have a mirror and it's not the fact. <laughs> Um, so, you know, just put a shout out. It's like, hey, I have these things. Does anybody else want to swap with me? Or do you guys want to meet up and like make an event out of it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's a lot of fun and you walk away with some really cool stuff. Yeah, a good way to, if you just wanted something different in the wardrobe as well, like if you're just bored of your stuff, rather than yeah. buying brand new, do a clothes swap. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so that's the whole con- conscious consumer thing. Um, cool. I think we're getting into carbon footprinty territory now. Ooh. Uh, so, carbon footprint. Yes. So, most of the stuff we've been talking about so far has been ethics of labor mm-hmm. and mostly plastics. Yeah. So, that that's where, like, that's what Amy's thing is. So, that's what I've been trained in a lot recently. <laughs> plastics are bad for a lot, a lot of reasons. Obviously, pollution being the main one, but also through health. Uh, things do get absorbed up through food chains and the toxins that do get released do impact human health. Uh, anything that the product says, bio, any product that says biodegradable, don't trust it because no doubt that's probably greenwashing. There are two kinds of composting. Make sure if you buy a compostable product, it's home compostable. Industrial compostable isn't compostable at home. Right. Biodegradable means nothing. Everything breaks down eventually. <laughs> biodegradable basically means like it's made of atoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It may like, just break down into really small bits of plastic, which are even worse for the environment, but it'll still break down. Yeah. Balloons are biodegradable. Did you know that? Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, wait, a- go back one. What were you saying? Uh, so you've got home compostable and then industrial, industrial compostable. compostable. So how do you compost compost something that's industrial compostable? Do you have to send it away to a specific yeah. place? And- so there's specific... It, yeah. I don't think it's possible to do here yet. Right, so anything in WA that is not home compostable basically gets landfilled. I think so. Right. It'll still break down more than something that's not industrial compostable. Like, it's still better than not being compostable at all. Right. But it's, yeah. better is not necessarily good. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So still aim for that home compostable or just zero waste completely. Yep. Um, There are products that say they're, um, what are they? Oxydegradable? Which, again, is a bad thing. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of these technical words that sound really good, and it'll be have the green packaging, and it'll say like environmentally friendly, and oh, it's just not. There's one that gets me every time. That's not related to plastic free <laughs> at all. But like every time I see it, I just have a moment. Like maybe I just don't. Maybe you can enlighten me. Okay, actually. I probably can't, so but I'll try. I've, um, I see this at the shops all the time, and I think it's herbal essence, like a shampoo thing that says gluten free. <laughs> and I, every time I look at it, I'm like. What the <laughs> hell does that mean? What? Who cares if a shampoo is gluten free? I don't. Know, maybe there are gluten intolerances that are that bad. Celiacs still can touch gluten, like they can hold a loaf of bread. They just can't eat it. Okay. I don't know. I don't know enough about celiacs. I don't know. Well, okay. I've I've had two uh, friends of mine who are celiacs, like proper celiacs, and from my understanding, it it's it obviously they have strong reactions to it, but they can wash their hair. <laughs> You know, I just, I never understood it. Yeah. It always just like, I don't understand this reference. <laughs> That's all right. Like it's, there's weird things like, uh, okay. Uh, white sugar. I'm not vegetarian. What? Yep. 
Anything with processed white sugar in it is not vegetarian because it's been processed with bone to bleach the sugar. Ah. So if something says vegetarian, but you look at it, but like, how is this not vegetarian? It's a broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah. there are weird things. That yeah, you don't quite it's like when you about. get the soaps that are like kills ninety nine percent, or like you know special hand blah blah kills ninety nine percent. I'm like, yeah, so does soap. <laughs> you know, like that's that's good for you. <laughs> yeah, this lolly's ninety nine percent fat free. It's, Good. It's a lolly. <laughs> it should be sugar. <laughs> uh, yeah. It doesn't mean it's healthy. Be, yeah, be more critical of the things that you read. <laughs> yeah. It does take more effort to research what you're buying, but mm. it's just becoming that conscious consumer, like we're saying. Yeah. Take a bit of time, put a bit of effort in, know what you're voting for by giving your money to it. Mm. Um, cool. Anything else before carbon footprint stuff? Um, so it's plastics and waste. I don't think so. Cool. Okay. So the, the other thing that we haven't really talked much about yet is carbon. And in everyone's lives, obviously, we use electricity. Well, most of us are on the grid. Mm-hmm. If you're not on the grid, good job. Keep doing that. And also, you're you awesome. probably don't know because you're not listening to this. No, there are houses like that look like a regular house that's off the grid. Oh, I thought you... Sorry, I was understanding not off the hermits. grid. Not hermits. <laughs> I was understanding off the grid in a different way. But right, yes, go okay. for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so electricity, um, car, like travel, mm-hmm. uh, food, the way you, you know, where you shop and mm-hmm. if you're vegetarian, how much you eat type thing, it all, uh, for that convenience, it costs a certain amount of carbon. Some amount of carbon has been released into the atmosphere, which is one of the biggest drivers of global climate change. If you're a global climate denialist, you can switch off now. We don't want your support. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Climate's changing. We need to reduce less. We need to reduce our carbon footprint. So I've come up with a few numbers of things to give you kind of references. The average household, I managed to get an estimate. So the way that these measurements are, their um, tonnage of carbon released annually. Okay. So the average house uses electricity. This is in Australia. So seventy yeah. percent is like coal and gas, which is just mm-hmm. insane and horrible. So every household over a year, it's 0.68 metric tons of carbon. That's a lot of tons. So 0.68 is kind of our base rate for a whole year of electricity for a house. Hmm. A car, so this is me having to drive to, I, let's say you have to drive 20 minutes to work. That's me. So let's say it's me. Okay. So you're driving to work five days a week? Correct. Driving home five days a week? Correct. I try to. <laughs> Sometimes they don't let me, but I try. Sometimes in the weekends as well. Probably. <laughs> and then uh, maybe one big long trip if you go to Margaret River. Yeah, for yeah. example, this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so over a year, that comes to about 1.1 metric tons. Yeah. So that's more than the electricity. That's almost double-ish. Yeah. Uh, food. So this is for my diet. For a vegetarian diet, it was 1.2. So the food and travel is kind of about the same for me. Okay. Um, one flight to Melbourne. So this is Perth to Melbourne and back. One flight is 0.75. So it's more than than a whole year's electricity. electricity. And that's just one flight. So if you're doing that three times a year, that's double. Like that's your car and your food and your electricity done again, just because you went to MLX, all the cats and Bell on the River. Not that we're shaming these events in any way, shape, or form. These are events are amazing. Yeah, we've been to all of them. Support them. They're great events. <laughs> However, this is kind of this awkward conversation of like, traveling is really bad. Yeah. 
And that you saw once, you know, in mid-COVID when the entire flight <laughs> industry shut down. But it did. It did. Everything shut down. It's like, hey, I haven't been able to see that mountain in the past 50 years. Look at it now. <laughs> but yeah. there was the first significant drop in carbon in, in recorded history, I think. Yeah. It's it's insane, the, the fact that traveling is so bad, yet Lindy Hoppers do it all the time without a second thought. Mm. And not just Lindy Hoppers, obviously, but this is a swing podcast. Exactly. So this is trying to be relevant to swing dancers. So we're not saying don't travel to events. Mm, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but maybe be conscious. Maybe make a goal to yourself to only travel to one interstate event a year. Yeah. Or if you go to an international event, maybe try not to do interstate events for a year or something. Yeah. Because obviously the further you travel, the more carbon. This is literally only Australia here. Like, I haven't even looked up the numbers to get to. Because I think last year I went to Hawaii, Japan, uh, New Zealand. No, that was before. Oh, that was the year before. So I went and, yeah, I did three international trips. Japan, New Zealand, and Hawaii plus some interstate trips mm. all in one year. It's just You're horrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? <sighs> so yeah, trying to ease that up, definitely. Be conscious of how much you're traveling. Yeah. There is a little thing at the bottom of most things when you're buying a flight, and it says, do you want to offset your carbon? I was going to ask about that. Is that like the fat-free type of, but it should be fat-free? <laughs> as far as I understand it, it's better than nothing. But it's also one of those things that I think BP invented. Oh, that's never good, is it? No. No, it's a bit greenwashy. So, well, it's not necessarily greenwashy. It was um, putting the blame somewhere else. Right. So, it was, so this whole idea of working out your carbon footprint or working out, um, you know, how to offset the carbon that you're using and calculating it and working out all the numbers originally came from BP, like a big oil company. So, mm. that was being like, hey... Rather than letting them blame us, let's get them blaming themselves. Right, okay. And so it's shifting the blame. So it's not BP's problem. They're just producing the products. Other people are using it. Yeah, right. And so I've only heard that out recently. It's, as far as I understand it, true. But again, it's, it's, it could very much be wrong. I haven't looked into it enough yet. Okay. I've so- also seen something recently about that tree planting is often worse for the environment than just leaving it to sort itself out. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Because most of the stuff that we plant are, like, invasives or they're pines or they're right. useful for us in some, like, if you're going to have cleared land and it's going to stay cleared, then, yeah, plant some trees. It'll be better than being bare and barren. Yeah. But often, if you just leave a bare land by itself, it'll... Regenerate. Regenerate or... it by itself. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, I have heard a little bit... Of, I've heard one thing recently that's kind of a little bit... Be careful when you, you know planted or not plant tree when you support companies that are planting trees to offset carbon yeah well it's like everything i think we as a society and i put myself first and foremost in this we are a consumer society and even in the information that we gather um so we will often read something or look at something and just take it at face value without looking a bit more into it and seeing like okay this on surface value seems like a really good idea but is it really um and i think we would do better as a whole society and race to just take a little bit of time and look into things before we share them or support them. All the information is there online. Mm. Just go and do it. Yeah. Like it's it's not hard to find the information. Well, sometimes it can be a little bit hard because there is so much information out there from contradictory points of view. Yeah. So that's when you've got to start looking at sources. <clears throat> Who put out this report saying that oil is good? Was it BP? Was it Trump? <laughs> In which case, just burn your computer. <laughs> or was it this university 
that has funding from BP. Yeah. Like it, it's, it can be a little bit of playing detective to figure out whose opinion to actually believe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you want to go and have all this amazing fun times and have a clear conscience, then you probably should put in a little bit more effort and think about that kind of thing. Yeah. Or you can just not go. And support your local events. The ones yeah. you can walk to or ride your bike to. Now, in saying that, because of COVID, everyone can use Zoom really well now. Mm. So I'm tempted to have packs be available for interstaters <gasps> somehow, but not traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can't travel because of border restrictions. Yeah, but they could totally do If you're with a partner, your, your, you know, Ariel's partner, you could totally replicate that. Obviously, spotting would be an issue. Yeah, but there's if you a have few a safety group, issues. But if you have a group and you have, you know, a special training session, like we do when we have it in person anyway, of like, this is how you spot. You need mm. to do these drills before we allow you, quote unquote, to be able to progress to the next um, step. I think that's a great idea, Jet. I think we should look into it. Somehow doing, yeah, this... Um, What's the internet like? At Cir- uh, it's pretty decent. Circus yeah. has got pretty decent internet. So I could definitely zoom through. It would just be tricky to work out logistics. Yeah. But we had, what, a couple of people from New Zealand and someone from Vic that was keen to come yeah. that can't anymore. And there might be other people that want to do it as well that can't yeah. because it's interstate. And yes, it's because of COVID, but also even when you can fly and maybe just offering that at events anyway so that people can attend your event without having to use all that carbon to get there yeah and why not you know like ilhc this year is online why not make that part of a norm now i did like ilhc when they used to have like um joe hoffberg oh um, yeah commentating commentating all the events (laughs) that was so good i did like it when they used to live stream all their stuff that was good all right. You know, I think that's uh, about it. If you have any other tips or tricks about how to be sustainable with your swing dancing endeavors, mm. let us know. Yeah. I think as, as a um, participant in events, the, the, the really simple and easy ones are, especially if you're traveling in a group, so to speak, you know, if you're in an Airbnb that has a kitchen, then you just make your own food, mm-hmm. you know, prepare, make your own food, bring your packed lunch, have your water bottle that's not plastic, like a reusable water bottle, have your keep cup so you can still get your coffee, but you're not doing um, the throwaway cups. There's a lot of walk to the venues. Most of the time in the events that I've done in the recent history, um, we've tried to get an Airbnb that's close to the venue so we can just walk, yeah. walk everywhere. Um, and you know you're all gung ho and full of dance excitement anyway <laughs> so you're walking around anyway just running to the event you are you're like oh my god I'm gonna skip there <laughs> cool um, yeah. alright uh, in that case I think we will uh, move on to the quiz without Charlotte <gasps> I want to know what the quiz question is you, you will not you have to listen to the podcast <gasps> can I guess Oh, I'll be able to guess. I'll be able to listen to the podcast and guess what the question, what the answer is. <laughs> All right, so let's cut to uh, Jethro doing the quiz. Thanks, past Charlotte and Jethro. Back to future Jethro again. Um, so Charlotte is away, so I'm going to have to round this podcast up by myself. So the quiz this week. Um, as I was saying before, I spend a lot of time putting up the killer boogie routine. And in that, I actually did a bunch of research into this routine it's been pretty recent that it that it was choreographed uh 1998 so my question to everyone out there uh is what is the bpm the beats per minute of the original killer boogie 
Now this is one of the things that I'm sure you're not going to have off the top of your head. So I am going to allow research. Uh, go online, see if you can figure it out. Can you figure out what the BPMs, what the BPM is of that original killer boogie? So yeah, first one to get the correct answer in the comments uh, gets a free class. You know you want a free class, so come on, have a guess, just go and do it. Otherwise, that is the end of the show. Thank you, past Charlotte, past Jethro. Thank you all for listening. This has been Untangling the Mess Around. At the moment, it's just me here, um, so I'm going to play us out. I actually used a um, random number generator to figure out what number to play on my little Casio, and it was number 33, so I'm punching in 33. Got a new tone. Going to play the outro, and I'm going to try and read the credits at the same time. So this is going to be interesting. Thanks very much for listening. Good sounds. Untangling the Mess Around was produced by Charlotte and Jethro. Music Jesus. was by Larche Swings. A thank you to them. Funding. Funding from our Patreon supporters and the ATO. Costuming by Tasha, fact checking by the other Russell, sound and lighting by Cartier of Where Am I Up To? Stunts and martial art choreography by Andrew. Where Am I Up To? Uh, Special thanks to Amy and Plastic Free July. God, that was shocking. Ready? <gasps> I shouldn't be allowed to do this by myself, should I? Bye, guys.